God has a plan, a purpose, a dream, and a destiny for your life. Amen? Can I hear a better amen on that? God has places that He wants you to go. He has people He wants you to meet. He has things He wants you to do. He has lives He wants you to touch. Amen? Life has purpose, has meaning. God designed it for you and me. I just want to give you a few more announcements. You know, last Sunday we talked about Dilip Nanda, who started our um, All People's Church in Barampur, Orissa. And we had good news from him. There were 45 people in his very first service. And he was really excited. And this Sunday, he's launched two services. He's got an 8.30 service in English and then a 10 o'clock service in Oriya. So it's really amazing. Just in just two Sundays, things are moving so quickly. And we're just really excited uh, about what God is doing to Dilip in uh, Barampur in Orissa. Continuing for him and all our other outreach uh, ministers throughout, uh, in various parts of India. Also, next, uh, also on 17th of September, we'll be launching All People's Church North in Yalanka. And that will be at 5.30 p.m. September 17th. Uh, at 5.30 p.m. It's amazing how God just worked this out. Um, uh, Brother Ullas, who comes to our uh, South Church, he got, got in touch with Dr. Uh, Pin, who's the head of uh, the chairman of the Ryan International Schools, and uh, just put a word to him and said, you know, uh, can we use that school? And uh, immediately Dr. Pinter gave us permission to do that. Last week we were there. Uh, we went and visited the school, went and met the principal. She was very gracious to us. She's given us one of the largest classrooms to use. Uh, she's going to keep it locked exclusively for our use. And they're not charging us. You know, it's amazing <laughs> how uh, God's worked it out. And so we, we're very excited how God has brought all these things together. We're starting off uh, All People's Church North, September 17th at 5.30. So if you know of people who live that side of town, uh, just remind them about, inform them about it. Next Sunday we'll have invites that you can take back and pass it out to friends uh, who live in that part, of, uh, that part of the town so that they can uh, come and fellowship uh, at All People's Church in the North. So, you know, we're really excited. We have the Central Church, 8 o'clock down to the south, and 5.30 we'll have in the north. We have a straight line across the city. Amen? And change the city from inside out. Let's turn the Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 as we get ready to make our declaration this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul wrote, and he said, We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Now, when he said we walk by faith, he didn't. He was not talking about a literal physical walking. So you don't go walk across the street walking by faith, not by sight. <laughs> you don't do that. When he said we walk by faith, he's talking about our life on earth, our entire existence. Our life on earth is by faith. Every move we make, every breath we take, is, it's an act of faith. We live by faith. Amen? Everything on earth, your job, if you're a student, your studies, your career, your profession, your future, everything flows out of faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith in God. Amen? And uh, a very important understanding of the dynamics of faith is this. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. Let me hear you speak. Faith speaks. Jesus said, if you have faith, you will say to the mountain. Amen? If you have faith, what will you do? You will speak. You will say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. So an important dynamic of faith is that faith speaks. Faith will speak. It will express itself to the words of our mouth. Faith speaks. So I can't say I have faith in God and faith in His Word and not have corresponding words coming out of my mouth. My faith is expressed through, through corresponding words. Words that correspond express my faith. Amen? So let's stand up to our feet this morning and let's speak our faith. I want you to hold your Bibles high up in the air and we live by faith, not by sight. Let's speak our faith. Say this out loud with me. This is God's Word. This is God speaking to me. 
I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name. Amen. Say cancel a few people around you. Give them your name. The if you don't, then you may be seated. This morning, I want to spend some time studying God's Word together with you on measuring spiritual maturity. Measuring spiritual maturity. Now, uh, I have preached this message about two years ago. I've preached it at several different conferences. It's also in print in one of our publications. And uh, so you may have heard me share this, you know, but all of us have a unique ability of forgetting things. And so it's worth repeating important things from the Word of God. And that's what I'm going to do this morning. Repeat something I've spoken before. And as I've uh, as we get ready to get in the Word of God, we'll go ahead and collect a morning's offering. Feel free to give to the Lord. The ushers will come and wait on you. And feel free to give to God as God has blessed you and prospered you and enabled you to do that. Measuring spiritual maturity. You know, what is spiritual maturity? All of us want to grow up spiritually. I mean, that's why we're here this Sunday morning. That's why we go to church week after week and that's why many of us read the Bible. Many of us spend time reading the Bible. We spend time praying. And we spend time, you know, worshiping God and doing all those things. Uh, and hopefully, the reason we do it is because we want to grow spiritually. We want to develop spiritually. And, you know, we ask each other the question, are you growing spiritually? Are you maturing? Are you progressing? Are you moving forward? Spiritually. Now, the important question is, what is spiritual maturity? Now, some of us think like this, you know, we think this way. Well, yesterday I was reading my Bible, I used to, I, I, I read my Bible for 10 minutes. Today, I've read my Bible for 60 minutes. Whoa, I've grown spiritually. Well, Really, you've increased in your Bible reading, but you may or may not have grown spiritually. Amen? I mean, just look at it. When you were a teenager, you used to read your newspaper for three minutes, but when you grew up, you spent one hour reading a newspaper. Just because you spend more time on reading, a, reading something, just doesn't mean that you've necessarily matured or grown. You know, maybe you say, well, last year I attended five church, uh, I used to attend three church meetings every week, but now I attend five church meetings each week. So I've grown spiritually. Maybe or maybe not. You have increased the time you're spending in spiritual activity, but you may not have grown spiritually. Amen? So we need to define for ourselves very clearly what does it really mean to grow spiritually? Because then we can evaluate whether all the spiritual activity that we are doing, that is whether we are reading the word of God, praying, going to services, meetings, fellowshipping with people, whether all that is really causing us to grow spiritually. We can evaluate accurately. We can have some metrics to our walk with God. Are we growing spiritually or not? So, before we begin, let me first tell you what spiritual growth is not. What spiritual maturity is not. Number one, spiritual maturity is not making more noise. Amen? Some people think, you know, you know, when I first came to church, I was like a scared pussycat. 
Hey, but now I can shout and holler and I can make a loud noise in church. I've grown spiritually. Maybe not. Well, you're the Bible. I mean, you also know that empty vessels make a lot of noise. Amen? So just because you're making more noise, you've learned all the spiritual jargons and you know how to say hallelujah, praise the Lord, all that stuff, you know. Doesn't mean you've matured. You're just making more noise. Amen? Let me hear amen. amen. If you don't want to say amen, just say oh, oh my or something. <laughs> the Bible says in 1 Kings, the 19th chapter, it talks about, you know, Elijah in, in, trying to have an encounter with God. It says there was the sound of a wind. There was an earthquake. There was fire. But God wasn't in any of these. But God was in a still small voice. 1 Kings, the 19th chapter, verses 11 and 12. So many times we mistake uh, the sound, we mistake the noise, we mistake the fire and all of that to the presence of God. But really God is in a still small voice. Second thing, what spiritual maturity or spiritual growth is not, is uh, it's not manifesting spiritual gifts. Many times we think, well, you know, if I'm manifesting gifts, I'm growing spiritually. Not necessary. We can prove from scripture. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 1, 7. He said, the Corinthians came, you came behind in no gift. Meaning you didn't lack any spiritual gift. In fact, this was a church where they all spoke in tongues. And everybody wanted to prophesy. And everybody wanted to sing a psalm. And everybody wanted to preach a word. And Paul said, oh, that's wonderful. But to the same Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 3, he called them babies. And he called them carnal. Amen? So... Manifesting spiritual gifts, speaking a lot in tongues and all that, that is good. But that, necess- that does not necessarily mean you're maturing spiritually. It just means you're manifesting gifts. The third thing spiritual maturity is not, is spiritual maturity is not more ministry activity. And we think, well, you know, uh, I'm, more, I'm doing more ministry now. I'm preaching, you know, 25 times a week and I'm I'm in prayer meeting seven days a week and I'm doing more and more. So maybe I'm maturing spiritually. No, no, no. You're just being more, mis- you're just being more busy. Doesn't mean you're growing spiritually. Amen? So let's understand very clearly this morning. What is spiritual maturity? What does it mean to keep growing spiritually? What is spiritual growth? What is spiritual development from the word of God, as, as the Bible presents it to us. There are three, three Greek words. Let's do a little word study right now. There are three Greek words that will be, be important for us as we try to understand spiritual maturity. The first word is, a, is the word teleos. It's used very often in the context. These three Greek words are used often in the context of spiritual growth and maturity. The first word is complete, a full age, of mature age. Tilios means you've grown up, you've come to a mature age. So you take a three-year-old boy, he is a, he is a male, part of the male species, but he's still not grown up. You have a 10-year-old boy, he's still part of the male species, but he hasn't grown up. You take a 25-year-old young man, you know, hopefully he's grown up. He's full grown, mature, or full age. There's another Greek word which is plero, which simply means to fill up, to be full of, to be filled up, to be full of. That'll be useful as we study this. And the third Greek word that we need to understand is, is katartizo, which simply means to be thoroughly equipped, to be thoroughly trained, to be thoroughly equipped. So with these three Greek words in the background, let's kind of start our journey through Scripture. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Look at two Scriptures just to lay the foundation here. And then we will talk about what does it mean to be spiritually mature. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48, Jesus said, Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. He said, be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect perfect now you say well you know how can i be perfect i'm a human being how can i be absolutely perfect as god is perfect now if you study the greek he's simply saying be tilios be mature even as god is mature god is not a child amen 
Some people think God plays childish games. You give me this, I'll give you that. Children play those games. God doesn't. Amen. We must change our view of God. God is not a child. He said, your father in heaven is mature. He's teleos. He's a man. He's an adult. He's a fully grown adult. He doesn't behave like child. Sometimes we try to have a childish relationship with God. God, you give me this, I'll give you that. God, you do this for me, I'll do this for you. Children behave that way. Amen? But he says, Jesus said, you must be mature, be an adult. Because your father is still yours. He's adult, he's mature. In Colossians chapter 1, and verse 28 and 29. Colossians 1, verse 28 and 29, Paul writes, he says, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. So Paul is saying, I preach and I I warn people and I teach people. Why do I do it? Because I need to get paid or because I, you know, I just want to talk a lot. Why do I do it? Because of this reason. I want to present every person perfect. The Greek word there once again is teleos, meaning fully grown. I don't want to present babies to Jesus. I want to present fully grown people to Jesus Christ. That's why I preach, I warn, I teach, and I use, I strive according to every energy I have with the wisdom of God so that I can present people fully grown unto Him. Amen? And this should be the motivation of every minister of God. You know, sometimes we run church like have a big nursery. Amen? Every Sunday you come, get fed, have your bottle. Have your nappy changed. See you next Sunday. Make you feel good. But that's not the purpose of the church. And that's not the purpose of the minister of God. The minister of God stands here so that he can mature you, make you a fully grown person, where you no longer need the feeding bottle, where you no longer need to have your nappy changed. You've grown up and we want to present you fully grown to Jesus Christ. Amen? So now... What are the characteristics of spiritual growth? How can you know that you are growing spiritually? How can I know that I'm growing spiritually? Number one. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13. I want to share with you seven characteristics of spiritual maturity from the Bible. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 13. Here's the first one. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, a tilios man, a mature man, a fully grown man. What does a fully grown man look like? He continues, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Meaning, a perfect man is a person who, who comes up to the same measure of Christ's fullness. Meaning, A perfect man is Christ-like. Amen? So here's the first characteristic of spiritual maturity. That you're fully grown. You are Christ-like. Can I hear an amen? That is spiritual maturity. Growth in Christ-likeness. That is spiritual growth. Amen? So let me say this, if I'm reading my Bible for two hours a day, and I'm praying three hours a day, but I'm not becoming more and more Christ-like, let me tell you this, my Bible reading is a waste, and my prayer is a waste. Because I'm not becoming any more Christ-like. I'm not really growing up spiritually. I may be reading my Bible more. I may be praying more. But if it's not making me grow up into Christ-likeness, I am not growing up spiritually. Something is wrong with my Bible reading. Something is lacking in my prayer life. Amen? Because true spiritual growth is coming up to a perfect man, a mature man, which is coming to the full measure of Christ-likeness. Becoming like Christ. So let me, let's break it down a little further. If I had a very bad temper, all right, I had a bad temper last year. 
Now, I've been reading my Bible all year long. I've been praying. I've been going to all people's church the whole year. I've been attending every meeting. But if something hasn't changed in that area of my life, and I haven't become Christ-like in that area of my life, then my Bible reading has not changed me. I've just been reading my Bible. I've been doing an activity, but it has not changed that area of my life to become more Christ-like. Amen? So many of us wish we didn't come this morning. It's okay. We got you here. Amen. So, true spiritual growth is becoming progressively more and more like Jesus. That is spiritual growth. And then in Ephesians 4.15, the 15th verse, he says, I'm speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in all things to be like him. Growing up in all things to be like Jesus. Meaning every area of my life is being conformed and being changed to become more and more like Jesus. That is spiritual growth. Second, what does it mean to grow up spiritually? What is spiritual maturity? Colossians chapter 4 and verse 12. Colossians 4 verse 12. Paul is writing, he's writing about a man named Epaphras. He says in Colossians 4.12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bond servant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. He says, Epaphras is praying for you, believers at Colossae. What's he praying? That you may be perfect and complete in all the will of God. The word perfect is the word tilios, fully grown. The word complete is pleural, to be fully filled up. So, what is spiritual maturity? I am perfect and complete in all the will of God. I am filled up with the will of God. So much so... There is no more room in me for my will or somebody else's will. I'm pre-rolled. I'm fully filled up with the will of God. There is no area in my life that is not aligned to the will of God. Amen? That is spiritual maturity. That means every area of my life is becoming filled up with the will of God. I'm coming into alignment to the will of God in my life. Let's say, for example, when you first came to know the Lord Jesus Christ 10 years ago. I'm just using this as an example. You came to the Lord Jesus Christ 10 years ago, and you know, you got settled in the church, and they said, you know, God has commanded us to bring our tithes and our offerings. Let's say that you just got a job, you're earning 5,000. Oh, 10%. You quickly did the calculation is 500 rupees. God, how can I give 500 rupees? It's a, it means a lot to me. I'm earning only 5,000. God, I mean, you've got everything else. You've got buildings. You've got land. Why do you need my 500s? The cattle on the tabs and hill is yours. The silver and gold is yours. You can do without my 500, God, I'm sure. And so, you didn't want to give your 500. Fine. Ten years go by. You've been in and out of church. You've attended all the meetings. You've been reading your Bible faithfully. You've been praying. Wonderful. Ten years have come and gone. Now you're earning 50,000. And you do a calculation. Tithe. 5,000. Woo, that's a lot of money. 5,000. God, it's too much. You don't need so much money, God. And so, you're still holding back your tithe. You haven't come into alignment to the will of God in that area of your life. You're not growing spiritually. Amen? Why? To grow spiritually means you're perfect and complete in all the will of God. Amen? Now you've become known as a Christian man. You've, you've become, you know, you're busy with all the Christian activities. All that's wonderful, but that's not what we're talking about. We're asking, are you really maturing as a person in the Lord? Are you spiritually growing? 
To be spiritually growing means you're perfect and complete in all the will of God. Every area of your life comes in subjection, comes in agreement to the will of God. That is spiritual growth. The third one. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. The third characteristic of spiritual maturity. How do I know that I'm growing up spiritually? 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 9 and 11. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 9. Paul says, For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. And this also we pray, that you may be made complete. So Paul is saying, we are praying for you, that you will become, that you may be made complete. And then in verse 11 he says finally brethren farewell become complete become complete so he's saying we are praying that you'll become complete then he turns around and says you become complete meaning you do something to become complete now what does it mean to become complete the greek word there for complete is katartizo which means to be fully equipped or thoroughly equipped so he's saying, we are praying for you that you will become thoroughly equipped. And then he says, I want you to do your part to become thoroughly equipped. Thoroughly equipped for what? What do I need to be equipped for? We go to Hebrews, the 13th chapter. Hebrews chapter 13. Verses 20 and 21. Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21. Verse 20. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, verse 21, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. So verse 21, he says, make you complete. May God make you complete. The Greek word there is katartizo, meaning may God thoroughly equip you. For what? In every good work to do his will. So now he says, may God thoroughly equip you so that you can do every good work that he has ordained for your life. Amen. So that is spiritual growth. That is spiritual maturity. That means you are becoming equipped to do every good work that God has willed for your life. So let's say you became a Christian 10 years ago. 10 years later, all you're doing is just attending church, attending meetings, going to the Christian bookstore, reading all the Christian books, watching God TV, praying and uh, just doing all this stuff but you are not you're not equipped you're not getting up there and doing the good works that God has willed for your life you're not growing up spiritually because to grow up spiritually means you're totally equipped and you start using that equipping to fulfill every good work that God has willed for your life amen those who understand it, say amen. Those who do not understand it, it's all right. But to grow up spiritually is to be thoroughly equipped for every good work that God has willed for your life, that God has ordained for your life. Luke chapter 6 and verse 40, Jesus makes this amazing statement in Luke 6, 40. He says, the disciple is not greater than his master. But everyone who is perfectly trained, the Greek is katartizo, who is perfectly equipped will be as his master. So we are the disciples of Jesus. We want to be like our master. What is it going to take to be like our master? He said, everybody who is perfectly trained, who is thoroughly equipped, will be like his master. Amen. So you and I need to pray and say, Lord, thoroughly train me, thoroughly equip me. So that I can be like you. And I can do every good work that you ordained for my life. And that's the reason 
the Lord Jesus said in the church in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, verse 12 says in Ephesians 4, for the equipping of the saints, the catartismos, the equipping of the saints to place in the hands of God's people the equipping they need to do every good work that God has ordained for their life. Amen? So if you are being equipped and you're now uh, uh, getting all the stuff, that the equipping that you need to be able to carry out the good works that God has called for your life and you're busy doing the good works He has ordained for your life, that is a sign that you're growing up spiritually. Amen? I mean, just take a very practical example. You know, a child cannot do much for itself, so the parents do all the work and take care of the child. But when the child, you know, you send the child to school, you, you know, go through the education, etc., etc. But, you know, even after, after the child goes through that equipping, if, 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 it's not, if, the, if, if it's not able to take care of things, take on responsibility, do the stuff that others used to do for the child, something is wrong. Amen? But most of us are like that. When we first started our Christian walk, everybody did things for us. Ten years later, we're still expecting people to do things for us. You're not growing up spiritually. You're not being equipped to do good work. You're just waiting for good works to be done to you. Amen? I know it's going to be quiet in here this morning, but I'll just keep going. I'll preach my faith this morning. Number four, the fourth characteristic of spiritual maturity. How do I know that I'm growing spiritually? Number four, I'm able to receive solid meat. Hebrews chapter 5, starting from verse 11. Hebrews 5, verse 11, on through chapter 6, verse 2. Hebrews 5, verse 11. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Everybody say this, let us go on to perfection. See, we must do this thing, we must go on to perfection. He says, let us leave the elementary things of Christ. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Now in verse 14 of chapter 5, he says, Solid food belongs to those who are of full age. The Greek there word is teleos. Solid food belongs to those who are of full age. You know, when you when some you know when a couple has a child, the husband is not so excited, like, whoa, I had my son, and he brings him, you know, the best biryani in town and says, Come on, let's eat, and feeds the child biryani. This is the best food that you can get in on the world, you know. He doesn't do that. He killed the child doing that. What does he do? He feeds the child milk. The child just grows on milk and then slowly comes down to eat solid food. But if the child doesn't grow up to begin to eat solid food, then, then you say something is wrong. Amen? Now, if we as believers only want milk, 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 that's a sign that we are not growing up. We must come to a place where we can receive solid food, solid meat. And the Bible says we've got to leave behind the elementary principle. We're not forgetting it. We're leaving it behind because it's our foundation. And we must go on to perfection. We must go on to becoming of full age. Teleosmos. We have to go on to perfection. That means there's an active leaving behind. And an, an active pursuing forward of, of solid things. Amen. So let me say this very, very bluntly. It's so important what kind of a church you're part of. 
if your local church is all is all giving is the only thing your church is giving you is excitement and entertainment, you're not gonna grow up. Amen. You know, people want to tell the pastor what kind of message he has to preach. Pastor, keep it light. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to give you solid food because you have to grow up. Amen? So that's what we do. Give you solid meat so that you can grow up. You must learn to leave behind the elementary principles. You know what it means to repent. You know what it means to have your sins forgiven. You know what it means to have faith in God. You know all these things. We've got to leave those behind. Press on to perfection. Move on to growing up, receiving solid food so we can all mature and, and become strong. Now, I understand that in any church you have people who are at various stages of growth and development. Yes, we do. Even in this congregation, we have people who are little children, newborn babes in Christ. We have those who are a little grown up and those who are you know, more, more, more grown in the Lord. We have a, a, a varied mix of people here, spiritually speaking. But we cannot, for the sake of the little ones, only keep giving milk. Amen? We have to give solid food so that people can grow and become mature. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 6, he says, We speak wisdom among those who are mature. We speak wisdom, the deep things of God, among those who are fully grown. The fifth characteristic of spiritual maturity that you're growing up is this. Your senses have been trained to discern good and evil. Right there in Hebrews 5.14 it says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So he says, Full age. And he explains to us what it means to be a full age. He says, those who by reason of use have constantly applied the word. And therefore, they have now come to a place where even their senses can tell them what's right and what's wrong. That means the ability to discern right and wrong is a sign of spiritual maturity. See, when a child sees a candle... They don't know, you know, that, it's, that you don't play with fire. They put the hand there first time. Maybe they try it a few times. But then they learn, don't do that. It's dangerous. But sometimes we believers, you know, we keep doing the same things wrong over and over again. A sign of spiritual maturity is that even your senses have come to a place that they can tell you this is right, this is wrong. How does it happen? Through the constant use of the word. That means you not only eat solid food, but now you assimilate that solid food. You're taking that solid food in. You're applying it in your life. And when you do that, you come to a place where you know what's right and what's wrong. That's a sign that you're maturing spiritually. Amen? Now, solid food is important, but just receiving solid food in itself is not enough because... Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 8.1, he says, knowledge puffs up. We can have a whole lot of knowledge and just be big-headed and not grow spiritually. But when you practice that, then your senses are being exercised, trained to know what's right and what's wrong. And that's a sign that you're growing up spiritually. You know, when you first begin your Christian walk with God, you're not so sure, sure what's right, what's wrong. So you go ask your pastor, you ask some other people, what's right, what's wrong. And they tell you, they guide you. But if after, you know, walking with God for 10 years, you still can't figure out what's right, what's wrong, it's a sign that you have not yet come to a place where you can discern good and evil. You still don't know. It means you still haven't matured. Amen? All those are vague, say amen. Amen. (laughs) Number six. How can I tell I'm growing up spiritually? Number six. You are putting away childish behavior. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, first verse, 11th verse. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. Paul said, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. 
When I was a child, I thought like a child, I spoke like a child, I understood like a child. When I grew up, I got rid of childish behavior. So a sign that you are growing up spiritually, a sign that I'm growing up spiritually, is my ability to get rid of, of, get rid of childish behavior. Now, when you see little children playing, now what is childish behavior? When you see little children praying, playing, you know, they're playing with a car, and, and you go pick up that car. What do they say? Mine! It's mine. A child's world revolved all around itself. Me, my feelings, my toys, it's all about me. Amen? And many of us Christians are like that. My feelings, my needs, everybody pray for me. How about you praying for somebody else? Everybody please take care of me. How about you taking care of somebody else? Childishness is characterized by self-centeredness. When you are self-centered, you are still childish. When everything is about you, your feelings, and you, me, me, and my, and you are still childish. Amen? But how many of us Christians are like this? You know, we've been Christians for 10 years, 25 years. We're still interested on me, my. Still childish. How about changing focus and saying, what does God want? What can I do for others? That's a sign you've grown up. You've put away childish way of thinking, childish way of speaking, childish way of understanding. Amen? Churches that are focused only on blessing people are childish churches. Amen? Come to church, you'll get blessed. Yes, blessings are real. We must have the blessings of God. But you know, we get the blessing to be a blessing. Amen? We teach people how to experience the blessing of God. Why? Not to stop there. To now turn around to the world and say, how can we bless others? So we as a church must go from God bless me to God use me to bless others. That means we are growing up as a church. Amen? If we as a church only stay as God, bless me, bless me, meet my needs, meet me, God do this for me, God do this for me, then we're still a childish church because we're so focused on our own needs. We turn around and say, God, use us to bless others. We're growing up as a church. Another thing about childishness is being carnal. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 3, Verses 1 to 4, he said, I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as babes in Christ. A baby in Christ is carnal, meaning sense-ruled. To be carnal means to be ruled by your senses. Now, we all have senses. We all have feelings. There's nothing wrong with that. We all have feelings. But if your feelings determine your action rather than the leading of God's spirit or God's word, then you're sense ruled, you're not spirit controlled. If I'm sense ruled, I'm still a baby in Christ. But when I grow up, I'm spirit controlled, I'm led by the spirit of God. Amen? Example. Pastor doesn't shake your hand. Pastor neglected me in church. What a grave sin he committed. I'm never going to talk to this pastor. He didn't shake my hands. Neglected me. Amen. Now, all of us have feelings. Our feelings are hurt. But listen, if your sense ruled, you're ruled by your feelings. But if you're spirit controlled, you say, I'm not moved by that. Amen. No, you're not sense ruled. You're spirit controlled. Or you have a friend who irritated you. So you're ready to 
let loose something, break his jaw, whatever. Now we all get irritated, there's nothing wrong, you feel irritated. But it really depends on what you do at that moment. Are you sense ruled, ruled by that feeling of irritation or are you spirit controlled? The Bible says the love of God is poured in your heart and love is not irritable. It's in your Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is not irritable. If you're spirit controlled and walking in love, that feeling of irritation is going to be kept under and you will still walk in the love of God. It's a sign of spiritual maturity. Amen? But if your sense rule, you let your feeling of irritation get you angry, you pull your head out and pull his head out, something is wrong. You're, you're carnal. You're being sense ruled. Childish behavior. Self-centeredness. Being sense ruled. We have leaders who are childish. What does it mean? I'm in a position of leadership, but I'm still childish in my behavior. Amen? So to, to really grow up spiritually means I'm able to put away my childish behavior. I go from being sense ruled to being spirit controlled. I will, experience, I will experience feelings. I will be irritated. I will feel all kinds of things. But I'm not controlled by those things. I let who I am in the spirit dominate those things. I'm spirit controlled. That's a sign that I'm growing up. Last thing. How do I know I'm growing up? James chapter 3 and verse 2. James 3 verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, a tilios man, able also to bridle the whole body. So who is a perfect man? A man who is able to keep his body and his tongue in control. Amen? If after all your Bible reading and of all your praying, you still have a loose tongue, Something is wrong. Your Bible reading, your praying is not changing you. You're not growing up spiritually. So, but pastor, I read two hours every day and I pray four hours every day. I know you're spending six hours a day, but it's not changing you. You're not growing up. Because you still got a loose tongue. Amen. You say hallelujah in church and you go home and you tear your husband apart. Amen? Or it works the other way. Shake hands with the pastor, say, good message, pastor. And you go home and tear your wife down. Excuse me. Where is spiritual growth? Where is spiritual maturity? If you can't bridle your body and your tongue, it means you're not growing up. Because a sign of a perfect man is a man who's got his body and his tongue in, in control. You say, but it's the heat of the moment. But the problem is it's happening all day. Something is wrong. We've seen now what true spiritual growth is. Amen. It's not the time that you spend reading your Bible, but it's what the Bible does to you that's important. It's not the time you spend praying, but it's what the praying does to you that's important. I'm not saying don't read your Bible many hours. I'm not saying don't pray for many hours. I'm saying allow the real stuff to happen. Because we get caught up in all this activity and we are not changing. Something is wrong. We are not growing spiritually. We are doing a lot of stuff. We are increasing in our time of doing stuff. But hey, I'm not seeing things, you know, we are not seeing any change. We are not growing spiritually. We are fooling ourselves saying, oh, I'm spending more time. I'm putting more money. I'm expending more energy. Therefore, I have to be growing up. Maybe that's not happening. Amen. I want to close with this verse of scripture in Acts, the 20th chapter, verse 32. 
Paul writes in Acts 20 verse 32, he says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in Christ. He says, I commit you to God and to his word. This word is able to build you up. See, the word is supposed to build you up. And bring you to a place where you can possess your inheritance. Inheritance is never given to little children. Amen? Inheritance is never given to little children. They are heirs, all right, but they will possess their inheritance only when they grow up. Amen? All of us sitting here, we have a tremendous inheritance in Christ. The word of God, every promise in the book is our inheritance. But the reason many of us are not walking in our inheritance is because we haven't grown up. Because little children do not possess their inheritance. They are heirs of it. It's a promise to them. When you grow up, you will have all this. But it's only when they grow up that they can possess their inheritance. Amen. Saints, all these wonderful promises of the word of God is ours. But for us to walk in it, we must grow up. Amen. There are three areas. I like to sum it like this. There are three areas that we have to constantly grow up. We have to keep growing in our Christian faith. That means in our, uh, in our knowledge of God, in our, in our ability to pray, in our, ability to, in our devotion to God, in our time in the word, in prayer, and all those spiritual things. But we must also grow up in life skills. How to live life. How to treat people. How to be good to your husband, your wife. How to be good to your co-workers. How to be good to your neighbors. That's life skills. We have to grow up in that area. Because the Bible says we have to grow up in all things to be like Jesus. Not just in the spirit, but also in life skills. Amen? And we also have to be equipped for ministry. That means you have to start doing ministry. Every believer must become a minister of God. You can't remain just a believer. You have to come to a place where you start ministering and you start giving out rather than just taking in. You have to become a producer, not just a consumer. Amen? This church must become a church where their people are producers, not just consumers. Amen? You don't come to church only to get, but you say, I've got to do something with what I've got. I've got to produce something. I've got to bless others. I've got to touch lives. I've got to win the loss. I've got to do something for the kingdom of God. That's being a producer for God. Amen. As you grow up, it's only then that you experience your inheritance. Otherwise, you can know all the promises, but never experience it. Simply because we haven't matured spiritually. Amen? I want you to take a few moments. Just remain seated. I call the worship team up here. I want you to take a few moments to pray this morning in response to the word of God that we've studied together. What we've done this morning is we've identified what is true spiritual growth. Sometimes we deceive ourselves in thinking that we are growing spiritually, but really we are not. Because these met, we don't match up in these areas. Things are not changing. Just call the worship team up. Please come up, team. But this morning, we've understood what is real spiritual maturity. It means I grow up in Christ-likeness. It means I come fully aligned to the will of God in every area of my life. It means that I'm equipped to do the works that God has ordained for my life. It means I'm able to eat solid food. It means my senses are trained to discern good and evil. I'm not giving in to evil anymore. It means I'm putting up a childish behavior. I'm not self-centered and I'm not carnal, carnally rules or sense rules. It means I have my tongue and my body in control to my spirits. I just want you to pray this morning and, and ask yourself before God, is my Bible reading really causing me to grow up spiritually? Am I really growing up spiritually? Am I becoming more Christ-like in the areas of my weaknesses? Are those being changed? 
my temper, the way I speak, my attitudes, my relationships with people. Am I really changing in these areas? Is the will of God being established in every area of my life? Am I being equipped for every good work? And am I doing the good work that God has ordained for my life? Where are we spiritually? We need to reevaluate what we're doing spiritually. Rather than blindly just doing a lot of stuff. We need to ask ourselves, am I really growing up spiritually? prayer that I pray often for myself is this. I say, Lord, I want to grow up in all things to be like Jesus. In every area of my life, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be thoroughly equipped so that I can be like my master. Father, even as we are in your presence this morning, we just pray and ask, Lord, that each one of us will truly grow up spiritually, God. That there will be spiritual growth and spiritual development in our lives. Because we've understood this morning what is true spiritual growth, what is true spiritual maturity. I pray that you'll make it happen in our lives. That we will be changed to be more like Jesus.